Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 52, The Power of Finishing Things. It's August 9th, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be well-loved, happy, and healthy, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. The power of finishing things. Well, I'm very excited about this topic because it's something that I love. And at the same time, sometimes when you finish things, all kinds of things, there can be an element of sadness or loss in them, which makes completing some things or finishing some things difficult. So one thing that I'm aware of is that this is a topic that many, many people struggle with. So if you're the kind of person where you have a lot of things that are unfinished, a lot of things that are incomplete, I want you to listen to this podcast with a profound sense of self-compassion. I want you to be kind to yourself. I want you to be generous to yourself. And I don't want you beating yourself up if you have a lot of things that are unfinished. Because hopefully you're going to create a breakthrough for yourself out of listening to this podcast and be able to make some forward progress and forward movement in getting things finished. So this podcast could could create a breakthrough for yourself if you listen to it with an open mind, maybe a little bit of curiosity. And I am just really excited about it because it's powerful to finish things, even when they're sad. So I'm going to be covering things like relationships, too, because that's part of you know unfinished business or things that are unfinished. So let's get going. What I'm going to cover in today's podcast is we're going to get on the same page for the definition of finishing things. I'm going to give you some example of things that people don't finish, reasons why people don't finish things, I'm going to introduce you to the Zygarnik effect. I'm going to explain the benefits to finishing or completing things. Talk about the emotional aspects to unfinished things. Talk about unfinished relationships. I'm going to talk briefly about avoiding unfinished business in your current relationships. Talk about doing a completion list of unfinished things. Then I'm going to give you the steps to begin to start finishing things in your life, some takeaways, and then a call to action. So that's where we're going today. If you happen to be new to my content, I hope you'll visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com, where I hope you'll enter my current giveaway, which is aptly titled, (laughs) Look, Look, I Want a Book. Yes, I'm giving away books. Because I love giveaways. They're really fun. I mean, I did my first one that went on for like a year, over a year, and it was just so much fun. And people loved it because they got free stuff. So go to my website. Next, this is very important. This is my disclaimer. 
I am not a licensed healthcare medical professional or therapist in any capacity. And you should be receiving any medical or therapy advice from a licensed provider, of which I'm not. So just so we're on the same page, this is my disclaimer. This content is not intended to be medical or therapy advice. If you happen to be suicidal and you're listening to this, I'm asking you to get on the phone and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number is 1-800-273-8255. I'm asking you to do this. I'm, I'll beg you. I mean, okay, I'm not above begging. <laughs> I'm not above beg begging. And listen, people will help you. I mean, it's just... There's just have no shame that you need some help and there's help out there or post it on social media. Just get the help that you need. That's that. Uh, next, I want to get on the same page for finishing things. So what do I mean by finishing things? Well, as a verb, the definition of finish is to bring a task or an activity to an end. And another definition of finish is complete. As a noun, finish means to, as a noun, it means an end or final part or stage of something. So the word complete is often used interchangeably with finish, which I will do, by the way. And obviously complete is in the definition of finish as a verb. It's also listed as a synonym. So the def what is the definition of complete? Well, as a verb, it means finish making or doing or to make something whole or perfect. And really when you complete things, as I'll talk about later, or finish things, it helps bring your life into a state of wholeness. It's not going to be make your life perfect. I'm, I'm not a fan of perfectionism. That, that's not helpful, people. Perfectionism is not what we're shooting for. We're shooting for love, happiness, and all the good stuff. So that kind of brings us to where what we're talking about, about finish thing, finishing things or completing things. So there are a lot of things that many people leave unfinished or incomplete. So here's some examples. They leave tasks, chores, projects incomplete or unfinished, dreams, they have dreams that never were fulfilled or unfinished, relationships, marriages, dreams, home improvement projects, crafts or hobby projects, repairs of various kinds, agreements, so they leave promises unfinished, like promises to do something or an agreement to do something. They leave good intentions incomplete or unfulfilled or unfinished, financial plans, and end-of-life plans, meaning wills, estate planning, guardians, etc. So that's 14 examples of different areas of life where more often than not, people have things unfinished or incomplete. So why is it that people don't finish things? I mean, isn't that a good question? I think it's a great question. So that's where we're going. So I'm just going to read through this list. It's a some reasonably substantial list, but there's all kinds of reasons. So uh, number one, they don't like endings. 
that's actually very common. Some people just really don't like endings. They lack focus. It is their pattern of behavior, meaning that they have a history of not finishing things. It's kind of like their MO. They haven't given it much thought. In other words, they're really not awake and aware or conscious of the fact that they don't finish things. They are overwhelmed in life or dealing with depression. They don't understand the power and value in finishing things. They make excuses for or justify not finishing things. They have trouble saying no or they don't say no when they probably should. They lack time management skills or aren't using their time well. Their own life is not a priority. <clears throat> they have low self-esteem. They have disempowering attitudes or beliefs. For example, why bother? They get some benefit out of leaving things unfinished or incomplete. They don't know how or where to begin. They are engaging in some form of self-sabotage. They use unfinished things as evidence that they are no good, subconsciously or unconsciously. I don't mean consciously, but subconsciously or unconsciously. They are stuck or stalled in life. They are dealing with a significant life challenge and therefore just can't finish things. They don't have the emotional bandwidth. They are not highly functioning in life. They have little or low integrity. They think that it's normal <clears throat> to th start things and never finish them. They think that they can't, so they don't. That's the self-defeating prophecy, by the way. Or it's too confronting to finish something. And lastly, this is number 24, by the way, they haven't dealt with the emotional aspects tied to or embedded in the unfinished thing, whatever that is. So those are 24 extremely common, very, very common, and very reasonable reasons why people don't finish things. It's just kind of typical or normal. It's not bad. You could make it bad. Don't make it bad. It's just something that is there to be looked at. Like we just look at things in life and then go, hmm, do I want to do anything about that? All right, so the next thing I'm really excited about, I hope I can pronounce it correctly. <laughs> I've practiced it, but I, I don't know. So I want to introduce you to the science that is involved in finishing things, or at least the science and how it impacts the brain. So back in the, in the 1920s, 1927, um, there was a scientist by the name of Bluma, Bluma Zygarnik. So there's a, something called the Zygarnik effect, the Zygarnik effect, which is named after Bluma, which, by the way, it's very unusual in science for something to be actually named after a scientist or a doctor. That's apparently not that common. And, and it was a big deal because she was a woman in the early 1920s. So what does, what does the research what is the research for the Zygarnik effect? Well, according to the research, an unfinished task will remain prominent in our minds because we know that we have left it incomplete. So, um, Bluma Zygarnik explained that each task we start 
produces a form of psychological tension. So according to the research, our brain gets stuck on things that are unfinished. So let me repeat that. The brain gets stuck <clears throat> when things are unfinished. So what does that mean? It means that there are huge psychological benefits for you to finish things. So it's very fascinating research, and now you have a new vocabulary word to uh, impress your friends with, or at least give them some laughs at a cocktail party or happy hour. The zygarnic effect is what it's called. So here's the benefits to finishing or completing things. Number one, it feels great. Even things that are sometimes sad or involve a sense of loss can give you a good feeling by finishing it. Number two, it adds happiness to your life because you are not beating yourself up over something that you didn't do or didn't finish or didn't complete and you're not ruminating. Number three, it's powerful. This is something that can really give you power in life. It builds self-confidence, it builds self-esteem, it helps to reduce anxiety and depression, it helps you move forward with life, it helps you build integrity, it helps you build self-discipline, and lastly, number 10, it's very freeing to your brain, and therefore it's freeing to yourself because of the zygarnic effect, as I just talked about. So next, I want, so like, look, that's 10 really great benefits. Don't you want to feel good? Don't you want to be freed up? Don't you want to build your self-confidence in yourself? You want all those benefits. Of course you do. Who, oh, who, who doesn't want, you know, a reduction in, in anxiety or depression? I mean, like, who doesn't want those benefits? Come on. So there are great benefits. So I just want you to keep the benefits at the forefront of your mind. Because I don't, I don't talk about doing anything that doesn't have a good return on investment. I'm a, I'm a big ROI person. You know, if I'm going to do something, it's got to have a good return. Or it has to be really fun or make me really happy. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm the happiness, fun, let's, let's enjoy life person. So, but the next piece is really, really important about unfinished things. And, uh, and it's the emotional aspects to unfinished things. So one reason why some tasks or chores or projects, including relationships, by the way, remain unfinished is due to an emotional component. Now that emotional component might be known to you or it might be undistinguished, like you might not be aware of it. But this is critical for you to kind of take in to just allow yourself to be with in this moment hmm do I not finish things because of some emotional piece well in my experience it's very likely and I'll get to that in a moment so sometimes or more often than not there are things that you want to do like you want to do or there are things that you have to do or that you should do. And sometimes you're not doing those things. Like there are things you want to do, you have to do, or you should do, but you're not doing them. 
So oftentimes there's an emotional component kind of embedded or undistinguished in there and it's helpful. So let me give you some examples of some tasks that have a high emotional charge to them. And uh, they're common. They're, they could also be called life challenges or milestones. Selling, a, selling or buying a house, moving, changing jobs or retiring, starting or ending a relationship, friendship or marriage, having a baby, and the death of a loved one regardless of your relationship to them or your relationship at the time. So, but these are all examples of high stress things in life. Like we know they're on the top of the high stress list and they all have an emotional component. What they also all have in common is that there's a number of quote unquote tasks or chores or things that have to be done in the process. I mean, if you're buying a house or selling a house or, you know, starting or ending a job or, you know, like all of those things, you know, having a real, you know, like they all have some pieces to it and your emotions can get in the way of you doing things in a timely fashion. So, for example, many people in the world and in society don't have their wills done or they don't have their estate planning done, or they don't have guardian's name for their children or their loved ones, because they can't emotionally face the issue of death or not being around for their family or the ones they love. That's extremely common. Like, you're listening to this, do you have your will done? Well, most people don't have their will done. And so if you can deal with the emotional piece, you can get freed up to get that done. Some other examples, just so you see, begin to see the commonality of this. This is really common. You know, you, you know someone who's pregnant and they're not ready to be a mother, although they might not be saying that. Uh, so they have trouble getting your crib or getting things for the baby. And that's not bad, but it's helpful to distinguish why they're not getting ready because they might not be emotionally ready. You could be, you know, really excited about moving to a new town or city, but you're, you know, not finishing some of the tasks or jobs related to the move, and it's powerful to distinguish what's in the way. Well, you could be just really sad or feeling a loss about leaving people, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, whatever, you know, that you're leaving. So that's another example. You could be ready to start or end a relationship or a marriage or a friendship and you are stalled or not taking actions to begin and begin or finish or whatever the relationship. Um, like you know what you need to do, but you're stalled because you just you just can't get it together. And so it's extremely likely that there's an emotional piece to it that you haven't dealt with or even recognized. And sometimes, you know, life gives you too many serious challenges all at once or in a short window of time, and you might not have the emotional bandwidth to deal with that. So things will get 
left unfinished. And in which case, if that's the case, ask for help because there's help. And I'm a big fan of asking for help when you need it and not having any shame or embarrassment and having to, you know, ask people for help. So if you are stalled or stuck in finishing something, my suggestion is that you begin to be introspective about any emotional components to it so that you can deal with those emotions. So you can, first of all, identify them, <coughs> excuse me, and second, manage and deal with the uh, emotions. I think the example of not having a will done or estate planning or even a guardian name, which is very, very common, is, a, is the perfect example of emotions getting in the way of doing what you know you should do and you could do and you probably want to do. I mean, I don't know anybody who said, no, I don't want to have a will because I want to leave everything a mess. You know, most people want to have a will or they want to have a guardian name, but it's a struggle. It's an emotional struggle. Trust me, I understand. So when you're not making progress on finishing something, whatever it is, it's helpful to pause, be introspective, talk to somebody else or whatever you have to do to distinguish what possible emotions are lingering or lurking in the background. And my podcast will all be very helpful in this area. So that's an emotional piece that we don't often talk about with when things don't get finished, when things are incomplete or not finished. There's more often than not an emotional piece. Now, the next part I want to talk about is also extremely common, like pervasive, I would say, which is unfinished relationships. Like we're not good in society in the world with emotional intelligence, which means that, you know, we're not really highly skilled with our emotions. And that means that there's a lot of things that are not said and not done and leaving things unfinished. And sometimes things are unfinished in relationships because they end abruptly for a variety of reasons. I mean, sometimes something happens to your friend or whatever, somebody, and and they just have to retreat and go inward and kind of isolate a little bit to kind of lick their wounds or deal with themselves. And it has nothing to do with you. Like they might leave your life and it has nothing to do with you. But, that, but it happens, and it happens. Like, I have had a parade of people in and out of my life, and not because I did bad stuff to all of them. I mean, I have made some mistakes, and I have hurt some people. I'm going to be truthful. I'm not perfect. I'm not shooting for, for, for perfection. Um, I'm just not. And I make mistakes, and I, I do make mistakes. And I'm not like, oh, I'm so proud of my mistakes, but I can have compassion for myself that, yeah, I make mistakes sometimes. And sometimes I do things that hurt people unknowingly. So the other area where this happens is where someone passes away, either suddenly or not suddenly. So unfinished business in relationships or unfinished relationships are extremely common. And sometimes you know, you'll do the work and you think, oh, I'm complete with that person or that event or that situation. And then it bubbles up later, sometimes even years later, bubbles up from your subconscious or unconscious mind for you to deal with. Now, if you're 
haven't listened to my podcast on the subconscious and unconscious mind, I have a whole podcast about that. That is really important. You do want to listen to some people because this is part of your brain, whether you like it or not. And this has an effect on your life, a big, big impact on your life. And I'm going to give you an example. So Sometimes you think you've dealt with some some relationship, you think it's finished and complete, and you've got closure, and then years later, it bubbles up. So, for example, uh, I have a daughter who passed away, and, and after she years after she had passed, and I had she died in utero when I was six months pregnant, years after I was through what I thought was the grieving process, I was doing some personal growth and development work on myself, which of course I'm a fan of and I've done a lot of in my whole lifetime. And um, anyway, this whole idea bubbled up out of my subconscious mind, out of nowhere, that I was responsible for her death. And it came as a huge shock, like an amazing shock, because, you know, intellectually, and uh, consciously, I knew, like, I didn't do anything when I was pregnant to have my daughter pass away or die. I didn't do something to my body. I didn't, you know, engage in something that would have caused her death. But there it was, popping out of my unconscious, subconscious mind that I should have done something to save her or that I didn't do something to save her, which is not a rational thought. Okay, I didn't even know that idea was in my subconscious or unconscious mind. So that's why I was so shocked. But, and this is why it's so important for you to understand the subconscious and unconscious mind, because there's some wicked, nasty stuff in there. I mean, there's there's an example. I, I lost my daughter six months, when I was six months pregnant. She was actually perfectly healthy and everything, like, you know, from the autopsy. So, like, I didn't do something to cause that. But there in that insidious, unconscious, subconscious mind, I was blaming myself and holding myself responsible. So I had to do some work to take care of that, which I did. Later in life, I happened to find out, interestingly enough, that it's very, very common for parents who lose a child of, of any age due to any circumstances to, you know, blame themselves at some subconscious, unconscious level. It's just kind of like very common. So, you know, many people have unfinished business with someone who's deceased. And sometimes you have unfinished business with someone who's not in your life anymore. That's extremely normal. At the same time, there are actions you can take to get complete with that, even if they're not in your life. So I'm going to walk you through the process to finish a relationship or complete a relationship with someone who's either deceased or for whatever reason, is no longer in your life. And by the way, sometimes people leave your life and it's like, oh, hallelujah, that's the greatest thing that happened. And you're not sad, and you're not upset, and it's a blessing. Well, that does happen. <laughs> Hopefully not too often. But it does happen. And other people leave your life because they're dealing with something, or you might have, you know, hurt them or done something. And it's not a blessing in their sadness. But in any case, regardless of whether they're deceased or just not in your life, here are the steps to go through to finish that up for yourself, to finish the relationship. Number one, you're going to write them a letter. Now, I'm going to be right 
very direct. You are not sending them this letter. No, no, no. You are not sending the letter to someone who's not in your life. No. Now, there, there could be a case where maybe it's appropriate, but I'm not recommending that. So if it's appropriate, you'll have to talk to other people and figure that out. But in this exercise, I am specifically saying, no, you're not sending them a letter. So you're going to write a letter knowing you're never going to send it, which is part of the exercise, is that you're never going to send this so you can just be completely, uh, you know, wildly free to say anything. And you want to write everything down, whether you write it by hand or on the computer, write everything that comes to mind, you know, whatever your thoughts are, whatever your feelings are, you know, whatever there is to say. Just keep writing until there's nothing left to say. And if you have any regrets about what you did or didn't do or regrets about whatever happened, like anything, then you can express that. And if there's something you did that you should apologize for, you can do that in the letter, knowing that they're not going to get it. What's really helpful, and my next suggestion, is that you're going to notice, really notice your emotions as you're going through this process. Now, typically, we don't do this with someone when they're ha we're happy they left our life. Right? There's no need to do this exercise if you're happy someone left your life. Um, so, you know, oftentimes if someone passes away or they leave your life suddenly or without explanation or because something happened, you know, you might have some sadness and, you know, grief or whatever. So I want you to really pay attention, really pay attention to your emotions as you're writing everything and sit on it for a day or two and then go back and see what else there is to add. You know, you could also be feeling really angry or resentful or feel abandoned or, you know, like there's a whole bunch of things, but you want to pay attention to your feelings because this is part of the process. Remember, I already talked about the emotional component of unfinished business and, and, and finishing tasks and whatnot. So then after you've completed that and you've sat on it or slept on it or whatever, and you, you feel like confident that you've said everything, then you're either going to burn it or rip it up. You're going to destroy it. No, do not keep that around. There's no value for that. This is an ex exercise for your brain and your emotions. And then you're going to declare that the relationship is complete. And sometimes when we have to finish a relationship or marriage or whatever, you know, we have, we don't have the capability or the opportunity to finish things with the person. So sometimes completing things comes in the form of a declaration. And then after you've gone through that step, that all that process, writing a letter, paying attention to your feelings and emotions, blah, 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 then you're going, so and then you've declared yourself to complete. Like it's a declaration. I'm now complete with this event. I'm now complete with this person. I'm now complete with whatever. The next piece is you're going to begin to manage and process your emotions. And that's the piece that is, 
more involved because most people really aren't good at managing and processing their emotions. So hopefully, if you're doing the exercise as I've suggested, you're going to be making a mental note and taking notice of what your feelings and emotions are. Those are the emotions that you, you need to begin to process and identify. So, do you know if this? If you've never heard of doing this kind of exercise, you might be going, "Oh my gosh, who would actually do that?" Well, first of all, I actually do that. Second of all, I know lots of people who've done that. Thirdly, lots, plenty of therapists recommend that. And fourthly, there are other entities and you know groups that suggest it as well. It's only a crazy idea if you've never heard of it. If you've heard of it, you're like, oh yeah, that's a common technique. So to give you an example, I recently did this exercise with someone who's not in my life anymore for whatever reason, and I don't even know the reason. Like, I don't know. So I did the exercise, and I actually thought that I had, you know, grieved the loss of this person, like, pretty thoroughly. And when I did the exercise, I noticed that I still had a lot of loss and grief and sadness. So I made my mental note and thought, hmm, I'm apparently not done with grieving the loss or feeling sad. And so that then, so I declare myself complete. And now I'm just kind of moving through the stages of, of sadness and grief over the fact that, you know, somebody who I thought was going to be in my life for a lifetime isn't. And that happens all the time too. Like you make a new friend and you think, oh, we're going to be besties forever. And then maybe it's only 10 years or maybe it's only five or maybe it's whatever. So it happens more often than not. And I'm good at processing sadness, loss, and grief. So I'll, I'll get there bit by bit, day by day, by managing and processing my emotions. Now, I did a podcast about how I manage and process my emotions, which apparently there's very little written about about how you actually do that. I didn't know that at the time, but I'm becoming way more aware, way more awake and aware and educated to the fact that it is extremely uncommon that that someone's good at managing and processing their you know their emotions. I still find that shocking and surprising. But I am slow at I am slow at managing and processing my emotions. I'm really, really good at it, but I'm slow. So I do have a podcast that will help you, and that's definitely you know a road you want to get on because it's going to be helpful. So the next thing I want to talk about is un, is avoiding unfinished business in your current relationships. Well. The easiest way to not have a problem is to prevent it from happening in the first place. We all know that. <clears throat> so my suggestion to you would be to avoid unfinished business in your current relationships because it's so much easier than completing it later. <clears throat> so here's here's what there is for you to think about. You know, what is it that you are not saying to the people in your life? What are the issues and problems that you haven't addressed with the people who matter to you and what regrets would you have if you never talked to them again would you even have any regrets what is it you're not doing with the people you love what is there to do that you haven't done 
And what is there to say? I, I will tell you, I took on telling people how much I love them and what and what they meant to me a number of years ago. And I'm telling you, you know, we don't walk around doing that stuff. So it was even hard for me. And I'm pretty good at that stuff. So if it's hard for me, of course, it's going to be hard for you. I mean, but we typically we live like we're we always have tomorrow, but tomorrow's not promised for every for everyone, as we know. So this is very powerful because it's going to make your life easier because you're not going to walk around with a lot of unfinished business. And I want to give you an example of how powerful this is. So my mom passed away last November, and I was very complete with my mom before she passed away because. I said everything that I had to say to her when she was alive and well, like everything. And I did everything for my mother that there was to do. There wasn't anything that I could have done for her that I didn't do. And we were like really close and I loved it. It was a, it was a joy, not a chore. It was like just amazing and wonderful. And it wasn't like we never had any bumps in the road. Because we did. But we worked them out like adults. Because that's what adults do. So I, of course I miss her like crazy. But I didn't have the kind of grief that other people have. Because I did everything. I said everything. There was nothing. I mean, we would just sit together and laugh. And, and when we had our bumps, we, we would, I would say sometimes, oh my gosh, I think this is cause for celebration. We just had a breakthrough in our relationship. <laughs> and she would laugh. Uh, you know, so when you're really complete with someone, when they're alive, when they pass away, you still have the grief of missing them. That's not going to go away. Sometimes it doesn't go away forever. You just miss them for a lifetime. But it's very, very different when there's not, no regret. There's nothing unfinished. There's no, you know, something that's incomplete. Oh, I wish I could have. I wish I would have. I wish, I wish, I wish. No. So, you know, your grief over the loss of someone can be compounded if you aren't doing and saying what there is to say. So, you know, this is the cheapest, easiest way to make your life amazing. You know, start telling people what they mean to you. Start doing what you want to do. Because why would you wait? So, and the other piece about this, so, you know, there are times where you're just going to have to bite your tongue and know when it's not appropriate to say something. Like, that's also in the skill set. But, you know, like, you want to have rich, rewarding relationships. And I promise you, if you start telling people what they mean to you and start doing the things that you'd want to do with them or for them, you know, it's going to really enrich your life. And if they ever pass away or leave your life suddenly, you're not going to be filled with regret and rumination and all the other issues. Oh, I got really emotional talking about my mother. Could you tell? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, like, oh, I'm going to be doing a podcast about crying. So, um, 
watch out for that. But I'm a, I'm a fan of that. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to be able to have your emotions and be with your emotions. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is doing a completion list of unfinished things. Now, this is something I absolutely consider to be an advanced skill. But this podcast is about, you know, the power of finishing things. So I do have to mention it here. So my caveat to you is if you have a lot of unfinished things in your life, projects, chores, relationships, what have you, then you just want to make a mental note, oh, this is a someday for me. This is not a now for me. This is a someday later and you're going to just listen to this as oh someday I'll get there and you're going to just do a very mini tiny version of this at some point down the road so in doing my what I call a completion list I list everything that I can think of that's not finished and if you're going to do this first of all I don't recommend doing this if you're going to beat yourself up for all the stuff that's unfinished. Like, don't even go there. Do not even do this. If you want to do it, you could do, like, put three or four things on your list that you know you could actually do. And and, But this is not the kind of thing that you should do if you're going to judge and condemn yourself. That's not helpful. That's not powerful. That doing this would leave you disempowered, which is the exact reason why I don't do this exercise with people that I coach until much later in the coaching relationship, like when they've reached the stage where it's actually appropriate because you don't want to disempower people and you don't want to overwhelm them. So when I do this, I list everything, every blessed thing I could think of. So that includes good intentions, projects, chores, relationships, some improvement projects, unfinished crafting items, you know, everything. And I'm not disempowered by that. I am not defeated by that. I'm not overwhelmed by that. And then I simply start to take the actions on the list. I want to give you an example of the power of this. So one year back in the day, I can't even remember. It was probably before 06 or Oh, five, whatever. Anyway, I, I did this, my completion list for the year. And I usually do them, by the way, in December or January. Usually I do my completion list when I'm making my list of goals for the year. So anyway, I put this woman on my list to have coffee with. And I didn't know her very well. But she and I seemed to kind of click and get along. The few times we had been in the same place or you know been together and we always said kind of oh we should get together for coffee sometime but we hadn't done it so I put it on my list my list of things that were unfinished or incomplete to get complete because either we're going to have coffee or we're not so one day I called her up and I said hey uh, I put you on my you know completion list for the year for getting together for coffee <clears throat> because we always talk about it but we never do it so it's a good intention and I think it's high time we either acted on that good intention or we, or we just decide yeah we're not, we don't really mean it we're not going to do it and she 
she just started to howl. She started to laugh. Like, oh my God, like who does that? Like who does a completion list and then starts taking action? So she finished laughing. <clears throat> she finished laughing and she said, yes, you're right. We do talk about that. We have we have said that several times. Yeah, I'd like to do that. When, when can we get together? <clears throat> and so we did. We got together for coffee and out of that, you know, became a friendship. And, you know, here's the thing. Years later, you know, so we were good friends. Years later, she got sick and I had the highest honor, like highest honor, that I was on her inner circle to help her in her passing. So when she got, from the time she got sick till the time she passed away, you know, she only had a few people that she allowed the privilege of being on that journey with her. And I was one of those people. And had I not done a completion list years before, and had I not listed a good intention, that's all it was. It wasn't like I had promised her to get together for coffee. It's not like we had committed. It wasn't some agreement. It was just kind of one of those good intention things. Had I not done that, I would have never been really good friends with her, and I would have never been able to, you know, love her and have her friendship. And, and you know, I'm really, you know, that's the power <coughs> of <coughs> this, this process. So, um, I want to give you two more examples <laughs> because I really want you to get the flavor for the power of this. So one year I made a rag rug and I loved it by hand. And then I picked up two rag rug looms deciding, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make rag rugs when I'm watching TV or, you know, otherwise, have to be at a sporting event or something, whatever. Anyway, and then I did a completion list and looked at it and I thought, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I want to do it, and if I had a different life, that would be that would be great, but I don't have that kind of life. And I powerfully chose, no, I'm not going to do it, and I got complete with that by deciding, no, that's not for me, not for me now, probably not for me ever. Found a good home for the looms I had, Gave away the strips of, of rags that I had already ready to go and was done with it. Because sometimes when you do a completion list, you can, you go through the emotional pieces of going, hmm, do I want to finish this? Am I going to finish this? Is it appropriate for me to finish this? And one more example. So one year, a long time ago, I was doing my completion list and I put on it this counted cross stitch that I had started but not finished. So I had the reason I, well, I had started it when I was pregnant with my daughter, Christina, the one who passed away when I was six months pregnant with her. So of course I had a very, very, very profoundly good reason for not finishing it. So I did my completion list, put it on the list, and then I had three choices. I could either finish it, I could put it away just back where it was in the closet and deal with it some other day down the road or I could give it away to a friend who could finish it and then they could either keep it or do whatever they wanted. So, so I was like, hmm, well, when I do a completion, I love completing stuff. I was like, yeah, I've got to make you know, one of those choices, make one a decision. So after contemplating it and starting to manage and process my emotions, I realized, well, 
I it would be sad if I did cross stitch because of course Christina isn't around. And did I want to do a cross stitch project that made me sad? And I had been, you know, doing a lot of grieving, so I thought I was pretty well through with that. And I thought, you know what? I think I should finish it. I think that it's okay for me to feel the loss and feel the sadness and then I'll finish it and then I'll decide what to do with it. So I decided to do it not knowing whether I was going to give it away or keep it or whatever. So I did it and in the end, I mean it was very therapeutic, in the end I ended up cross-stitching her name in the year in the very bottom. I mean it's inconspicuous. I mean it's in there if you know and you look but it's not like glaring, you know, Christina, what the year. And and the, and the reality is, I don't know if I hadn't done a completion list that year. Well, probably someday I would have, you know, dealt with it. But doing the list had me put it on the list. And then, of course, when I have a list, I like to get stuff off the list. And it's one of my cherished possessions, even though, you know, of course it's sad. And, of course, it's sad. It is, but it's a beautiful piece and it's, you know, it's something that I cherish. I'm, so I'm glad I went with that, not saying that you should go with that or you should do that. And, you know, so doing a completion list, first of all, if you have a lot of unfinished stuff, you're going to wait and you're just going to do a few things. But if you're up for the challenge, that's the whole idea of a completion list. So now I want to talk about the steps to building your muscles because this is really finishing things is a muscle kind of falls under self-discipline and a couple other areas, but the ability to recognize something's unfinished and then get to work on finishing it, whatever it takes or completing something, that's a muscle. Pretty much everything I talk about are muscles you can build and the more you use them, the stronger they are. So number one, the, my first suggestion is to start evaluating the level to which you finish or complete things. Like, don't beat yourself up about this now, but you're just going to kind of introspectively, you know, pause. Hmm. What, how much do I finish? Do I finish things? I don't know. It's not something that some people have ever thought about. I mean, listen, when I coach people and talk about to people I coach, what makes you happy? People don't know what makes them happy. So how could you know like how much you finish things? Because it's not something we talk about. But I just want you to start to be introspective and start to kind of wonder or speculate or look at, you know, do I usually finish things? Do I often leave things partially incomplete or partially finished? Like this is about like how do you do life? How are you organized in life? So the first step is to start to, you know, start to evaluate, start to look at that and, and figure that out. The second thing I'm asking you or suggesting that you do is that you make a commitment to finish what you start because that's powerful. Now start, like you could say, starting today, like starting today, I am making a commitment to myself, my family, my friend, whoever, to finish what I start. And that might mean saying no to some jobs or requests. I mean, it might. And, you know, but like, what would your life look like if you became resolved 
to not have unfinished business in your life? Well, we know that it would free up your brain and we know that it would be powerful and helpful. So what would it be like? Well, you could, you literally could start making a commitment to finishing things. Number three, make a list of what needs to be finished or completed. Now, I already advocated or suggested or strongly recommended if you're the kind of person, you know, whether you have low self-esteem or low self-confidence or whatever, you know, just start with a really tiny list, just one or two things or just one thing I'm going to finish. You know, don't make a whole completion list if that's going to disempower you. You have to figure out how you're organized so you know what empowers you and disempowers you. So whether it's two things or five things or three things, make a small list and then get to work. Now my suggestion that I frequently use and it works really well, it's really great, is just set aside 15 minutes a day to work on whatever you've selected, whatever you put on your mini tiny list or your whatever size list to work on getting towards working towards completing that. Now, if you 15 minutes, whether it's cleaning out a closet or organizing something or, you know, finishing something, repairing whatever it is, repairing something, whatever it is, 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes goes by really fast. If you haven't ever set a timer to time yourself doing something, I'm telling you, 15 minutes can go very, very fast. And if you did just 15 minutes a day every day for a week, that's an hour and 45 minutes. But it won't seem like that because 15 minutes will go by surprisingly quickly. So whether you make a tiny list or a medium size or whatever size list, as long as it's going to empower you and not disempower you, start getting to work and dedicating 15 minutes a day to finishing things. The next suggestion I have is to say no to things that you don't want to do. This is very, very difficult for the majority of people. And one of the reasons that it's difficult is because it requires assertiveness skills, which is something that a lot of people don't have. They, they don't have assertiveness skills. Now, I do have a podcast about that. And learning to say no and mean it, you know, does require some level of assertiveness. So if you don't have assertiveness, I'm going to give you a hot tip right now on how to handle that. So don't worry if you don't have assertiveness skills. You don't have to, don't have to go to learn them for this part because I'm going to give you what to say to people. So here's your hot tip. Until you learn assertiveness, until you can say this on your own, here's what I'm recommending. I'm recommending that say somebody comes up and says, oh, I'd like you to make, you know, name tags for this, or I'd like you to do that, or could you pick up the, whatever, whatever they're asking. Here's what I suggest you say. Very nicely, by the way. Well, I'd love to help you with that. However, I have taken on a new program of finishing things. Finishing what I've started, and I'm not saying yes to new things until I've gotten X, Y, or Z done, or until I've gotten 10 things finished, or until whatever. So you get the idea. You could say, hey, I just listened to this podcast, and I am committed to finishing all the unfinished stuff I've got in my life, so I'd love to help you with that. 
and at the same time, I'm committed to finishing what I already have started, so I can't say yes until, you know, next year or until I finish 10 things or until whatever. So there's your hot tip for how to manage people asking you to do things. I mean, if you really want to do it and you can, obviously you'll say yes. But but we often in life, we get requests from people that we either really don't want to do or really just doesn't doesn't make you happy or whatever, there's your hot tip for how to say no. My next suggestion is that you get current, get caught up with your current relationship. So what is it you're not saying to the people that matter? What is it you're not doing? What is missing? What re regrets would you have if they suddenly, you know, weren't alive or they suddenly weren't in your life or, you know, what, what actions are there? You know, that could be what, to say something to say or something to do to have you you know be caught up I'm calling it being caught up being current like with your relationships because the pitfalls and pain of regret are terrible I don't have many regrets in life because I'm, I'm a fan of living life with no regrets but Regrets are painful for people and they linger. They have a lot of staying power. You know, when they interview people at the end of life, you know, one of the things they often talk about is the things they regret because they haven't forgotten them. So just do whatever there is to do. Just do it. My next suggestion is you get on the road of growth and development. Well, guess what? Because you're listening to this, pod, to this podcast, you're already on the road to growth and development. And tell me, like, listening to this podcast wasn't that bad, right? No, it wasn't that bad. Hopefully it made you think of some things. Hopefully it's kind of opened your mind a little bit. So by listening to this podcast, you're already on the road of growth and development. And I'm going to tell you that growth and development is the access to love. It is the access to happiness. It is the access to being well loved. It's the access to all the good stuff. Because you also learn how to deal with the bad stuff. And you can't have life without having bad things happen. I mean, like, bad stuff happens no matter how good you are or how wonderful you are or what kind of life you live. Like, So you want to be able to deal with all of it. So Get on the road to growth and development, and all of my materials are free and will help you. My last suggestion, and I'm a fan of this. I'm a fan of this. <laughs> I know, you think I'm crazy, right? No, I'm just like crazy wild about life. My last suggestion is that you make this process fun and enjoyable. Like, don't have life be drudgery. Don't have everything be a chore. Don't have everything be hard. Life is already hard. You don't need to make it harder. So you want to make this fun. How could you make this fun and enjoyable? Well, okay, first of all, I do have a, a podcast about having more fun and play in your life, so that would help you. But, like, grab people with you, your coworkers, your family, your neighbors, your friends, you're having coffee with the group and say, hey, I just listened to this podcast about finishing things and I want to create a team of people who also want to finish things in their life. Who's with me? Who's in on the team? Who's ready for this? Let's go. So you create a little team. Then a little team could be just you and your friend. 
it doesn't have to be like 10 people. It doesn't have to be five. It could be just you and one other person. But get a buddy, get somebody, and make it fun. Like, oh my gosh, I did a safety party for my stepkids. I talked about this in the fun podcast. That Okay, so a safety party. Like, first of all, safety is a very serious subject. This was not like, woohoo, a fun topic. Safety is a serious topic, but I made it fun and very enjoyable with prizes and candy and treats and games. And they learned very serious stuff in a very enjoyable manner. So you can take finishing stuff in your life and make it wildly fun and make it enjoyable. I mean, you could even have like prizes. You could have a little mini competition where everybody gets a prize. Just... Make it fun and enjoyable because that's going to help you. So here's my takeaways. Number one, it's time to recognize that not finishing things definitely has an impact on your life and not a positive one. And it's time to begin the work and begin the process of starting to finish things in life. And lastly, it's time to make this an enjoyable and fun process because you can. My call to action is that you get on the road to finish things in life, making it a really fun, really enjoyable, like amazing journey. And I also am asking you to share this podcast with your family or friends or coworkers because you want them to have a great life, right? You want them to get their life in order. And, you know, you can also share this podcast on social media or with anyone else. All right, that's it. Go get it done. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 52, The Power of Finishing Things. I hope you're going to take a look, be introspective, and start taking on finishing things in your life. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically and share this with the people in your life and the people that matter because it will make a difference. Visit me at my website at www.lisaalundy.com to enter my giveaway. And I hope you're doing well. Hang in there for now. Love you. That's all.